This is the Home Bodies Yoga Podcast, and I'm Rebecca Hirsch, and this is our 12th episode. In this podcast, I ask people what they do when they unroll their yoga mat and tell you a little bit about what's going on on mine. If you have a question about your yoga practice or a suggestion for a guest, please find me at Home Bodies Yoga on Facebook and Instagram. To find out more about each show, please go to our website, homebodiesyoga.com. If you're enjoying the show, please rate and review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Wow. Well, it has been quite the week here at Homebody's Yoga Headquarters, a.k.a. my closet. Um, I had an interview with Kate Dunn this week, and I'll say this has nothing to do with her. She was warm and genuine and inviting. Um, But during our interview, I had a complete, well, I won't say anxiety attack because I know there's like a medical definition for that, but I had a huge moment of anxiety, a cloud of anxiety to the point where it was like, you know, like an out of body experience where I was just, uh, you know, I could see myself just like babbling and unable to get it together. But like, no matter what I could do, I couldn't break through and like get myself to calm down. Um, you know, and I was kind of telling people like that went really bad. And everyone was like, oh, it's not as bad as you think. But the funny thing is when you record something, you actually learn how bad it was. And and in some cases, I found act- this is really interesting. Like I kind of wish every conversation was um, recorded because a lot of the time I'll be like, oh, my God, what I said was so stupid. And I'll like beat myself up over it. And then I'll listen to it and I'm like, oh, actually, that wasn't that bad. Like, I kind of wish we could re-listen to everything. I mean, I guess that's also a brand of hell. But in a way, it'd be nice to like re-listen to everything we think was so humiliating because I bet half the time it's not as bad as you think. But in this case, in this interview, I I re-listened to it and it was as bad as I thought. (laughs) Like, I was just a maniac. Um, And I... I've been thinking a lot about context because I really think I in order to understand why I would freak out like that, I really needed and, and you know, to explain it on this podcast, I needed some context. And I mean, let's go all the way back to my childhood. I was a chubby little kid with glasses who moved around a lot. And I I think I never really felt like I belonged really anywhere. Um, I never felt like I was like in the in group. And, you know, a lot of people have had this experience. I know it's not revolutionary or anything, but I just, um, it's funny because all these years later, you know, I'm almost 35 years old. I'm, I feel very comfortable, you know, with my friends and in my social sphere or whatever. But there was a part of me in that interview that just became, you know, the chubby little girl with thick glasses talking to the most popular girl in school. Because, you know, to me, Kate is she has this sense of real like glamour, like she's from L.A. and she's like an ex-dancer and her um, her yoga practice is just really really beautiful and she's an amazing teacher and she you know started her own studio like there's just so many things about her that I really respect and that I I don't know I just think she's really cool I guess when it comes down to it so yeah it was like the you know that me you know chubby little me talking to the coolest girl in school and I just became that little girl you know for the interview uh, to the point where I ended up basically hanging up on her. And not only that, not only did I basically hang up on her, 
but I, um, well, I forgot to press record. So uh, part of the interview is cut off. I, oh, I forgot the name of her yoga studio. So I was like stumbling over the name of the person who I was interviewing's yoga studio. I, oh, I said the word amazing five times. Just like, I I guess I just couldn't think of other words. Um, here, Here are a couple of them. Oh, that's so smart. That's amazing. It's amazing. That's amazing. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And then I, oh, I ended the interview when I was hanging up on her with an air kiss. Like I have literally never done an air kiss in my life. I'm not European. Like I have no idea where that came from. My voice got like eight octaves higher. Um, for journalistic integrity, he, here's the air kiss. Bye. Have a good day. Mwah. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was a real doozy of a pod. Um, and, you know, I like went to bed and I was like tossing and turning. And I just came to the fact that like, well, I mean, we're all adults now. Like I'm actually not that little girl. So like, why don't I just email her and like see if I can get a second chance and at least then she'll know that I was being a weirdo like worst comes worst she doesn't have time but at least then she'll know like I was just like that's not how I always am so I emailed her and she was so gracious and let me interview her again which you know I mean of course it would have been great if the interview had gone well the first time and I hadn't let anxiety kind of take the reins But there is something about a second chance that is just so, it feels so good. It was just such a, I don't know, it it felt almost like a a victory for for that, like, you know, chubby girl with glasses who never fit in. So um, I really appreciate um, the time that Kate gave me for that. And not only that, but yoga and meditation, the theme, the whole point behind this podcast are the things that give me context so you know the fact that I can be aware and be a witness to my anxiety or be realize when my judgment is clouded over by past experiences or anxiety or hurt or whatever is because of yoga Right. Yoga is that yoga gives me that witness, that per, that other perspective that isn't sort of marred by life experience. Um, and it, it really is what made me able to email Kate back and ask her to come back on the show. Right. It's my ability to see that really, you know, underneath all my own shit, Kate is just a woman, a woman I respect a lot, but just another woman doing the best she can yeah so here's an interview with Kate it's in two parts I didn't want to completely disregard the first part because even though I'm babbling like an idiot Kate said some really interesting things that I didn't want you to miss out on Um, I did edit out a lot of my real awkwardness just to spare you so it's a little choppy and I apologize for that Um, oh and in this first part I forgot to press record out of my, my own anxiety so um in this first part, Kate is talking about opening Light on Lotus in 2016, right after Trump was elected, and just her experience with that. Um, and yeah, and then about halfway through, 
there'll all of a sudden be a new day and a, actually a new president because this happened um, the week of uh, Biden's inauguration. So, um, yeah, here is Kate. Women to, and not just women, but the, it seemed to be a majority of women who would come and just like cry, honestly, and, and, uh, process the feelings they were experiencing after the election and the frustration and the, the horror. And, you know, four years later, here we are, but it was, it was kind of an interesting time to, to start a studio because it really sort of secured it as like a community place for people to come and, and do the, the healing work they needed to do and find, you know, connection and sangha and we i focused in on like hosting a lot of sound baths and like new moon circles and you know workshops with even like a local witch that i know like it just you know broadened into like a lot more than yoga which was a beautiful thing <laughs> it has been that and it still is it's it's wild i can't believe uh, how much we've survived it's like the, the little lotus that could, you know? Definitely. Uh, what, what is your work like these days with COVID? Like, are you, you're teaching from your house or from your studio or? Um, I actually moved to a different location in the very beginning of the pandemic. So um, we were streaming from our old location and just having online classes and the landlord wanted full rent and wouldn't budge. And mm. um, I just had a feeling it wasn't right to be there anymore. I mean, I just wasn't affordable either. So I gave notice and right away, another space opened up down the block that had an outdoor space, like a, a parking lot in the back, but it was gated and private. So, and a garage door that opened up off the back of the building. So I took over that space, renovated it during COVID. And then we reopened in June, but with an outdoor space for people to practice. So no one's been practicing indoors since we've relocated into that space. So it's just been strictly outside. And I, I put turf down and shades and made a garden and, heaters now because it's cold and so we have classes in person and online online and with real people not very many <laughs> very small very small group outdoors but it works out it's really nice for the teachers to be able to teach in real life even though we can't assist them and everyone's wearing masks and we have to stay away. At least we feel their energy and are able to look at their bodies and interact. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's like the biggest thing when I've interviewed teachers is, and like, I understand it too. It's like so weird to just teach to just to a screen. Cause it, even if you can see the people, it's like all these little, <laughs> you know, little tiny boxes. So it's hard to feel, you know, which I think most yoga instructors want that, like, you know, transfer of energy for sure. Absolutely. And you know what I've heard and um, heard a lot of feedback from, from students that are just strictly online and they really enjoy knowing that there are people in real life in class. 
they can feel that. And sometimes I'll turn the screen around so they can see who's in the garden and people will know each other from class or friends or from even from different cities. They'll be like, oh my gosh, is that Yeah, <laughs> You know, I'll be like, say hello to the people in the Zoom, say hello to the people in the garden, just like keep this connection alive because that's so important for us right now. And yeah. working from what I hear, people really enjoy knowing that there are people in real life there and they feel the energy and they hear the teachers, you know, give them feedback and verbal cues. And, you know, there's uh, a little dialogue going on that makes them feel like they're in a real class. And of course they are in a real class, but it's, you know, it's a hybrid class. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. And I feel like the cues are probably more authentic. Like, do you remember Keith always used to say like, Rebecca, you know, move your back foot. Everyone is Rebecca because like, of course, you know, these cues, every, everyone can benefit. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Ah, that is so cool. Um, is that is that a lot more work for you though, as the owner? Are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I've got a pretty good system down, but it is it is a lot of work, and I it feels like, I mean, it's a lot of energy. I just completed our two hundred hour teacher training that we started last February, and then we had to put it on pause. And restarted in September because we're like, all right, well, this isn't going away. Are we going to do this or not? So people were on board to finish and half of it was online and half of it was in real life. So we did it hybrid style too. And it's intense. It's, it's a lot of extra mental energy for the instructors for sure, because you're always checking in here, checking in there and you have to share screens, but then you've got, you know, maybe a dry erase board and, the music and to break up into pairs to do, you know, Oh yeah. So some are online, some are in real life. Like it's, it's a juggle. Yeah. And I'm sending links every day to, to people online. People are requesting, you know, recordings for classes that they couldn't make. So I'm constantly sending class recordings and editing videos of all the teachers classes and managing like the zoom storage space. It's a lot of extra work. Yeah. You say money. That's for sure. (laughs) I love the way you're laughing and smiling the whole conversation. (laughs) That must be the yoga working. (laughs) Right. All right. Well, (laughs) I mean, at this point, I'm just, I hear about another business closing every day. It feels like. Yeah. People that were eking by that we're open at all, even though it's, it's a real struggle and it's a ton of work, but we're, we're still open and that's a huge deal. And I'm committed to keeping us alive. Um, you must've been more prepared to teach online though. Cause you taught, or you taught over Yogi is anonymous for so long. Did you feel like you had a little bit of experience there? I mean, I, I feel like that was, great training in terms of feeling comfortable in front of a camera and teaching to boxes and not real people. So like I'm comfortable with that aspect of it, but I have never been the tech person. Mm. That was a real uh, learning curve, figuring out all the, the tech issues and being in charge of that part, because at least it, 
thank thank God uh, at uh, or goddess at Yogi's Anonymous. I don't have to deal with any of that. Allie Hamilton, who's a dear friend of mine, handles all of the the cameras and the sound and everything and the editing. I just show up and teach. So it's mm-hmm. different having to, you know, prepare everything and set it all up. Yeah, I'm at. We're getting really good at it. I mean, it's been 10 months now, so we're getting the hang of it. Unbelievable 10. I know we're coming up on our one year anniversary. <laughs> yeah, but but it was good training in terms of, of being able to to share, you know, the practice in that format. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And like talk while you're doing like a handstand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm totally comfortable just talking and, and doing the practice and sharing from an authentic place, camera rolling. I just channel like who, you know, who I want to communicate with. <laughs> These invisible yogis out there. I know they're there. <laughs> I don't know when they're going to hear it, but I, I don't know. I've done a, a few of your classes on Yogi's Anonymous, but I feel like whenever they'll be like, it'll be from like four years ago. And I'm like, oh, she's speaking to me today. She's really speaking to me. Yay. See, I love to hear that. Somehow I, she made me click this from where she is in LA. She knew I would need this today. Oh man. Um, so, uh, for people that might not know, you have an insane practice. Can I say that? (laughs) Just like, so beautiful and graceful and also like very acrobatic and amazing. Um, is, what is your home practice like, especially these days when you also need kind of a refuge? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I practice at home to create my sequences. So what you see is what you get. <laughs> I, I do practice like that. Um, so cool. So <laughs> with those, I love the dancerly transitions and uh, I love the challenge of the postures and writing them together in creative ways. So I, I do practice like that. Not every single day though. Um, oftentimes if I'm not practicing like that, I'm being very restorative and gentle about it. Um, I do take class at my studio with our teachers from time to time. I like to sneak in and, and it's nice because um, I can practice actually inside the studio by myself while people are outside. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. (laughs) And it's good to just stay, you know, in contact with what the other teachers in the studio are doing and keep that connection alive. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's been sweet. The teachers will come take each other's classes online here and there or pop in in real life when they can and it's been really sweet to see well I keep encouraging that like how, how do you stay so inspired you've been teaching for so long now like how do you keep up the fire great question <laughs> <laughs> I'm truly inspired by the creative process I love 
my Sunday mornings. I get up early every Sunday morning. Sunday is my love saves the day class. And it's just this like sacred offering. And I get my coffee, I get on my mat and I just start scratching around and, you know, sometimes it'll start with a mantra or a mudra or a poem or even a song or a peak pose. And that will just sort of set off the, the chain of events that follow. I just love digging into that. I was a choreographer back in the day. So that process brings me a lot of joy. So sometimes you'll unroll your mat and you'll be like, okay, I have this song. And then you're like, create this amazing thing. And that it just works every, <laughs> every time. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it works sometimes better than other times. <laughs> well, I've never taken a class from you where it didn't work very well. So I, I'm, I think you're being modest. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, also like, it's almost like a puzzle, right? Trying to fit the pieces together so that it does wrap up nicely. And so that these different points that maybe seem um, disconnected end up relating. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you notice there was like a need for a different, like you were saying when you first opened uh, Light on Lotus, um, it was kind of a refuge. Did you notice there was like something your students, like a different kind of class your students were wanting or needing, or like, was there a certain vibe you kind of had to like step up to if that makes any sense at all hmm. well when we first started um I mean I think one of the the big differences uh that I think Light on Lotus between Light on Lotus and other studios in LA okay let's put it that way at that time in particular was that um a lot of studios in LA were either like power yoga or it was either like really um, physical and almost like just exercise or super spiritual and kind of like way out there where you're like, can I get a triangle maybe on both sides? <laughs> yeah. Right? You know, it looks sort of divided between being really like hardcore physical or hardcore esoteric spiritual. And, and I was trying to sort of bridge the gap and, mm. and show that you could do both, you know, and it could be sweaty and soulful at the same time in a balanced way. Cause that's what I felt like I wasn't getting in, in LA felt like it was either one or the other. Um, and also, you know, just representing this sort of creative style of sequencing that is based on the chakra system and that is well-rounded. And yes, you can have a, a peak pose, but you're still going to do some standing poses and some inversions, some back bends, some forward bends in all classes. You know, it's going to be a well-rounded experience no matter what your, your focus is. And again, um, like I think people were really loving the, the creative athletic sort of vibe and the chanting and the mantras and the mudras. And I also love, you know, bringing in music, live music, musical themes, all of that. Um, that makes me inspired. And so I think people are really enjoying that too. But also after the election and, and all of the things that we've been through, 
collectively <laughs> the past four years, I think that bringing out a softer side has been really beneficial to my particular community. Sound baths and restorative. We started a, a class called Lounging Lotus. Well, it, that was uh, sort of taken from Laughing Lotus is Lounging Lotus was their restorative class was called that, but we added CBD to the mix, which was an extra bonus. <laughs> Sunday night restorative yoga and CBD. I mean, hello. That sounds so nice. Yeah, so nice. And then we also had the, the kids yoga classes on Sundays during the farmer's market, which was so sweet because parents could drop off their kids and then actually go to the farmer's market and shop, which is hard to do with toddlers, as you know. Yeah, I think I think those are all my questions, and I don't want to keep you too long. Um, do you? Oh, can you tell us where to find you? And oh, sure. <laughs> um, well, lightonlotus.com. Um, our full schedule of classes is on the main page, and you can sign up to stream, uh, live stream the class, or request a recording, or you can come in real life in the garden. Yeah, I'm also on Yogi's Anonymous all the time. Uh, I've got 10 years of classes on Yogi's Anonymous now, which is outrageous. It really is. (laughs) That is just about the end of the first interview I did with Kate. Um, I spared you the awkward basically hanging up on her. Oh, and I thought no need to play the air kiss again. Um, I think I'll save that air kiss for my own personal records of humiliation from here on out. Um, <laughs> yeah, unless there's like maybe I do a bloopers reel, save that for the bloopers re- reel. Um, so here is a few days later when I called Kate back. <laughs> We're back. Oh, thank you so much for doing this again. I'm sorry that that got hijacked by my anxiety. It's so weird. I um, totally get it. It's fine. <laughs> you get that you bewitch people or? <laughs> Just no, I get anxiety. Yeah, it's so weird. It feels like another person, but I'm so glad that we can still talk. Okay, cool. Yeah, and we have a new president since we last talked. <laughs> I can breathe so much deeper. Right? It's so great. I didn't realize. Yeah, the mood's just shifted. It's like almost 40 degrees here today. It's like a whole new world. (laughs) I just found out, I'm super bummed, that I have to, um, I have a teacher training schedule for this weekend. 25-hour advanced sequencing and theming, and it's supposed to rain. Oh, no. Oh, that's such a bummer. And then the, the one weekend it rains in L.A. It's supposed to start tomorrow. It's supposed to rain all day tomorrow and Saturday. And even if it rains just for a second, the, the turf will be wet, and it's supposed to be 55 degrees, and it's just too long to be outside in that kind of condition. I don't want people to get sick. Yeah, and hard to take notes if it's raining. and No, it'll be miserable. I'm so bad. It's like that. We don't make the rules. That's Those are the rules we're, we're given, and we have to abide by them. We can't bring people inside. 
It's so good, like uh, virtuous of you though, because I see studios even here still practicing, like definitely breaking rules for sure. We have them here. The people are doing like secret hot yoga in heated rooms inside illegally. Uh, yeah it must be so frustrating for you because you're like following the rules and i'm just yeah i've got heaters everywhere and it's it's a lot yeah oh but at the same time it's like i know i'm doing the right thing and i just i don't want to put anybody in uh, arms away yeah i mean i don't know how yeah totally and like you never know who could get sick from who like just to know that you're not involved in that is so great. Yeah, you, you don't know. <laughs> okay, so um, I realized that you were talking about chakra flow and how you teach that. And I uh, could you explain that to our audience? Because, like, I don't think I ever have. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I mean, I I didn't create it. It's just what I've been teaching since two thousand four now, and. I keep teaching it because it works for me. It feels good in my body and it seems to work for other people as well. So um, I just, I, I love it. Um, it's based on the chakra system. So you start with the root chakra, right? Basically establishing your foundation and looking through another lens, you could, you know, be, tapping into the energy of Brahma, right? The Lord of creation, the beginning, like setting the stage, um, starting on the ground, starting close to the ground, um, setting up your, your theme, your mantra, your mudra, um, your warm up might be very close to the ground, starting to introduce elements that will lead you to a peak pose that come later on, right? With call that the puttering section but it's, it's almost like like a baby you start close to the ground you might start picking your head up you might start lifting your body into a little crawl you might start sitting up but you're not really standing on your legs until you've established that foundation and then working up through the second chakra which is which is about flow which is about building the flow and creating fluid movement through the hips and the rhythmic sun salutations that might be very creative versions of surya namaskar right um and so building it up so that it is a fluid breath a one breath per movement rhythm and then working up to the third chakra through your standing open poses, the third chakra brings you back into center. So it brings you into the neutral standing poses, starts to take you into revolve poses, starts to bring you into arm balances or uh, core work, right? Um, eventually that strength that you'll establish through the fire in the belly is going to take you into backbends, into inversions, into the heart chakra, into the throat chakra. So you start, the energy starts to move upwards through the chakra system and through the elements, essentially. So when you move into the heart chakra, it's the element of air, into the throat chakra, the element of space or ether. As you start to open up through those spaces and turn upside down and, and crack it open into your backbends, and then eventually you're moving it back inwards 
through the sixth chakra and turning your attention into a more quiet meditative space with your forward bends and your hip openers and your closing shapes and eventually your shavasana by the shiva portion of the class where you're you're wrapping it up and you're closing it down you're coming into this quiet neutral restful space to connect with the divine which is essentially where we're headed when we start to move into the the crown chakra realm right? the the seat of our faith where we're able to sort of blast open into the ocean of possibility and and let those barriers that make us feel separate dissolve i almost feel like i went to a class that was so nice thank you <laughs> um Another thing I've been really thinking about that you talked about was you um, were talking about how something that is like a sweaty, you know, kind of very physical flow can also be really spiritual. And I know I've found that like some of my most connected to spirit moments I've had have been in like a really sweaty class. But how? Like, what is the secret sauce in taking a sweaty flow? Because I've been to sweaty flows where that is not the case. Like. I think a big part of it is getting really clear about your intention and your theme. Mm -hmm. like what is the impetus for the practice? Mm -hmm. uh, what are you, what, what are you trying to convey? Mm -hmm. Right. Instead of like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to strengthen my side body or I'm going to, you know, build core strength or, or stability through my legs. Like how can we translate that in another way into a more uh, heartfelt or uh, it, how can we do the work on another level? How can that be another limb of yoga? <laughs> how can it translate into another limb of yoga? Like what are we trying to impart here? So I think that is a, a big part of the process, like getting clear about what you want to share. It's mm. not just physical that's mental or emotional or spiritual and weaving that theme throughout the practice. I think that's, that's yeah. what, what I am working towards anyway, when I create sequences and when I've found that in taking other people's classes, that moment where you're like, Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my body isn't just a body. My body is love or whatever. <laughs> Those electric moments. <laughs> like, I'm everyone. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it's a strong theme and an integrated theme. So it's integrated into the physical practice. So the, the physical practice and the, the theme are supporting one another. Yeah. The music and the rhythm and really building up um, the rhythm so that people start to feel uh, this group energy, even, even on the Zoom, you know, when you look and see other people moving with you in time, right? And breathing with you and that energy sinks up and that, that builds the collective energy higher and higher. It's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, even over the interweb, it's amazing how it can happen. Yeah, it can. I had one student say that the other day. She said, I finally turned on the gallery view and got to see everyone practicing together. And it made such a difference. Yes. 
Oh, interesting. That's a good tip. Amazon, folks. Check out the gallery view. Definitely. Lean into the to the community vibe. <laughs> right, it's the only one we'll get. Might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually that makes me brings me to my next question, which is you uh, when you were talking about your practice, you were talking about how much joy sequencing gives you. Um, but that's, I mean, and, and that I'm sure it does, but it's also a gift for other people. Um, is there anything you do in any practice that's just for you? Hmm. In any practice that's just for me, you mean when I'm not teaching? When you're not teaching, like, you know, do you ever unroll your mat and you're like, this is just a practice I'm going to do. And like, you know, I won't worry about planning a class or sharing it. I'll just do it for me. Or like, do you meditate? Like, is there anything you do that's just, just Kate time, <laughs> not Kate, the teacher time? Yeah. Mantra. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mantra is just for me. Do you, uh, so I'm just getting into mantra. Do you sing or do you um, just chant? I both? sing, but not very well. <laughs> Same. That makes me feel better. Thank you. <laughs> but it brings me comfort and I, I enjoy it and it, it works for me. Like it helps me to direct my mental energy out of the gutter <laughs> out of the downward spiral or wherever it's going and focuses it and moves it into a specific direction that reinforces positivity or whatever message I, I need in, in the moment, you know? Yeah. So the mantra is, is my practice, I guess, my personal practice. Yeah. I do lie around and, and I'll, you know, I will unroll my mat and find myself doing almost like a floor bar. Like I'll, I'll tap back into like modern dance days and, and just roll around on the floor. And that feels really good too. <laughs> yeah. It feels good to feel the floor. It really does. All around on the floor. <laughs> Do you know you're like the third yoga teacher who has said rolling around the floor is part of your practice? <laughs> no way. I believe it. it <laughs> I, it's, it's grounding. Yeah. Yeah, just to move like a little animal. <laughs> Tap into that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I see it. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and I feel like just like, you know, if, if you're like thinking about spirit a lot and working on yourself spiritually, like you can get a little far up there. So to feel the ground is nice. True. Uh, another big uh, personal practice of mine is hiking. Mm. it's a similar vibe to just getting in my legs and, and pounding my feet into the ground and climbing up the side of a mountain that brings me a lot of joy and therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like a hike. It, it really clears your, the mind so well. <laughs> yeah. Hiking is yoga. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And then after you hike, you need yoga <laughs> for sure. Yeah, hiking's gotten me through this pandemic so far in a big way. Just getting high up, getting some perspective. Yeah, yeah. It's so, yeah, definitely such a need. And I bet Vincent can even come with you now. Like, he's big enough, right? Yeah, no, I, I have to bribe him a little bit 
to come on hikes with me. That's like, fair. We'll bring our friend's dog or, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be some treats after, I swear. It's going to be awesome. And we have, we still have Hudson in the hiking backpack and we just, I just like feed him snacks the whole time. <laughs> Whatever you need up there, buddy. <laughs> I remember those days. So sweet. Yeah. yeah. I've been dragging him on hikes since. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so I thought we'd end with something sort of fun. Um, I'm going to say, if it's okay with you, I'm going to say a word and then you say what pose makes you feel that way. Okay, cool. Okay, so uh, what pose makes you feel strong? Crescent pose. Okay, what pose makes you feel um, powerful? Revolved Ardha Chandrasana. What pose makes you feel grounded? Agni Stambhasana, double pigeon. Mm-hmm. What pose makes you feel um, loving? Camel pose. Estrude said the same thing. <laughs> she, I love Estrude. Yeah. Um, and another one, uh, Bharad Vajasana. Estrude mm. said camel. I love Bharad Vajasana. It feels really loving and sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that pose, it doesn't look like much, but it feels so good. It is. It's one of those. Yeah. It's a sneaky, sneaky good one. <laughs> um, okay. What pose makes you feel um, did loving? What pose makes you feel joyful? Oh, I mean, so many of them, really. Uh, I love a good OMG. OMG is joyful to me. Though it's not a real pose, right? <laughs> it's a transitional pose. Um, Stargazer is a great joyful pose, though, too. Mm, yeah. Feels so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then offering it up. Yeah. 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 Well, um, thank you for this do over. I really appreciate a do over always. <laughs> money it's so funny because i'm yeah that's how you can tell anxiety is like uh in your head because i'm not anxious at all right now it's just so weird yeah well also it's it's a whole new day like it's whole new that's, true. that's true maybe with this president my anxiety is gone we'll see <laughs> it should be better anyway yeah i would hope so um yeah thank you so much i really appreciate it and um, I hope that you have a good weekend and we will put everything in the show notes um, about uh, Light on Lotus and everything you have going on there so that people can find you and your Instagram because your flows are so amazing. If not to watch, then to do. Maybe both. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, sure. Thanks again to Kate for giving me um, two interviews worth of your time and also um of course your wisdom and um yeah just the the feeling of a second chance it's been i've been riding high on it um so the sutra for today is 252 which actually i think relates a lot to what we've been talking about and i know i say this every time but it is one of my favorite sutras i think it might be actually my favorite 
252 uh, translates to, then the veil lifts from mind's luminosity. So I take that then, and because and the sutras sort of are like um, little psalms, and, and they kind of like move in circles, like, you know, a sutra will explain the five sutras before it or, or whatever. But, but I take that sutra to mean 252 then. So like after all of these yoga practices, after becoming, you know, more present in your breath, after becoming more present in your mind, more present in the world you're in, more present in your body, then, you know, through this awareness, these practices, right, um, the light of your of your mind, of yourself, can, capital S self, can show. So uh, Kate Holcomb uh, translated at, translates it as, through these practices, the covering of your light fades away. And there's so much that's beautiful about that, right? That it, the sutras aren't saying that these practices are going to turn you into a different person or, or that you need to be someone else, right? That, you know, you have to do yoga because you need to become, you know, fitter or smarter or less anxious or better, right? All, all, all it's saying, all, all they're saying is like through these practices that all of those things, the grime of life, you know, the trauma, the anxiety, the past experiences, all of these things will fade away so that the true you, the real you, that light, bright, beautiful you can shine. Um, yeah, you, I kind of imagine like uh, these practices being like a really good scrub in the bath. And then afterward, you're like this fresh, new, bright, you know, like kind of glowing baby. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to leave it there this week. Uh, but thank you for listening. And again, please rate and review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And also, it really helps people find the podcast, which would be great um, if more people listen. So please help and help me by subscribing and rating and reviewing. And you can always go to our website, homebodiesyoga.com.